0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the In Conversation with E Clinical Medicine podcast. I'm Hannah Lin, Senior Editor at eClinical Medicine. Each month we'll be interviewing one or more authors of a paper published in our journal, giving them an opportunity to provide a deeper discussion of their research. We're here today with Dr. Abidemi Otaiku to talk about how frequent distressing dreams, defined in the study as one or more per week, might be a prodromal symptom of Parkinson's disease, and how his recent work helps us to better understand this topic. Dr. Abidemi Otaiku is an NIHR academic clinical fellow in neurology at the University of Birmingham and a specialty registrar in neurology at Birmingham City Hospital. His research examines the neurobiological basis of sleep and dreaming. In particular, his work explores how sleep and dreaming change with healthy aging and neurodegenerative diseases and how this knowledge can be utilized to optimize brain health. He is also a council member of the Royal Society of Medicine Sleep Medicine Section, an NHS clinical entrepreneur and a former committee member of the International Neuroethics Society. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Ataiku, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So your paper published in eClinical Medicine focuses on whether frequent distressing dreams could be a predictor of later development of Parkinson's disease. To begin with, could you tell us about key findings of your study and explain the importance of this symptom within the disease course?
1: So in my study, I looked at whether having frequent bad dreams or nightmares which I call distressing dreams, would be linked with an increased risk of getting Parkinson's disease in the future. So in a cohort of nearly 4,000 older men, I found that those who reported having distressing dreams at least once a week at the start of the study period were twice as likely to get Parkinson's by the end of the 12-year follow-up period. And when I looked at this more specifically, I considered their follow-up period into two separate epochs. So the first five years and the subsequent seven years. And what I found was that within the first five years, those who had frequent distressing dreams at baseline were more than three times likely to get Parkinson's. Whereas in the subsequent seven years, there was no association. What my study seems to suggest is that older men who have frequent bad dreams or nightmares were more likely to get Parkinson's disease over time. And more specifically... Given that the association became stronger, the closer it got to diagnosis, this suggests that distressing dreams might be what we call a prodromal symptom of Parkinson's disease or an early sign.
0: Okay, and following on from this, um, could you explain how having a greater understanding of this prodromal symptom could help in the diagnosis and treatment of Parkinson's disease?
1: So I think there are two ways this could help with the diagnosis and two ways it could help with the treatment. So I think with diagnosis, it might be helpful to think about an early diagnosis and a very early diagnosis. So I'll start with an early diagnosis. So when patients present to the doctor for the first time with the core symptoms of Parkinson's disease, such as tremor or stiffness or slowness, sometimes they get misdiagnosed because these symptoms can also be displayed in other conditions, whether that be essential tremor, drug-induced Parkinsonism, or other neurogenitive conditions. So in terms of, in patients who have a clinical presentation of Parkinson's, having a a wider awareness of the non-motor symptoms of Parkinson's, whether that be nightmares or depression, it could help doctors be more confident in giving an accurate diagnosis. So that's for the early diagnosis. In terms of very early diagnosis, we know that by the time a patient develops these symptoms, which I mentioned, so tremor, stiffness and slowness, they will have already lost more than half the dopamine-producing neurons in the brain. And most researchers now think that the best time to intervene would actually be several years before these symptoms develop. So this is what we call the prodromal phase of Parkinson's. We know this phase can last between 5 to 10 years. So we know that Parkinson's patients who are in the prodromal phase tend to have a range of symptoms, such as depression or constipation or sleepiness, which tend to precede Parkinson's disease by a number of years. But most of these symptoms are quite non-specific. So if somebody has constipation, it's unlikely that all of them will get Parkinson's disease. Similarly for depression. So having an extra predictor of Parkinson's disease, distressing dreams, can help us to, over time, more accurately piece together who will get Parkinson's disease in the future. And when we talk about how it could help treatment, in terms of the very early phase, I'll start there. So if we're able to identify with high accuracy, who is likely to get Parkinson's disease in let's say five years time. Once we've been able to produce treatments, which we don't have yet, but treatments that can slow down or prevent Parkinson's disease from developing, we need to know who to give them to. So I believe that my study, looking at distressing dreams, alongside other studies, which have found other risk factors, When we combine the total risk a patient has, depending on what symptoms they have, we can then give them these treatments to slow down the progression over time. So this is more of a, a future benefit rather than an immediate benefit. But then when we look at the more immediate possibilities, in those who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, knowing that they have distressing dreams might be quite useful for management. So we know that those who have distressing dreams tend to have faster decline in their motor function over time. And we know that they tend to have more severe cognitive decline as well. So one study showed that those who have frequent frightening dreams may be four times more likely to get dementia. A study which I carried out last year showed that those who have frequent aggressive dreams, so the aggression is the most common theme in nightmares, their cognition might decline approximately 33 times faster during the first five years of the diagnosis. So whilst we don't yet have treatments to slow down Parkinson's disease, we do know that there are modifiable risk factors for cognitive decline, whether that be increasing your exercise, or um, treating diabetes, or correcting visual impairment. So if a doctor is aware that patients who have distressing dreams may be more at risk of cognitive decline, they can then give them more advice about how to modify their risk of dementia. And also... They can also avoid certain prescriptions, such as clonazepam, which tends to impair cognition. So, two ways really early diagnosis and very early diagnosis. And those are the sorts of the ways treatment could be benefited.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So, what do you think is the potential mechanistic link between new onset, fre- frequent, distressing dreams in later life and the development of Parkinson's disease? So,
1: I think there are two possibilities, and I strongly lean towards one of them. But one is that distressing dreams in later life may be a prodromal symptom, as I mentioned beforehand. So in Parkinson's disease, the main area that's affected in the brain is the basal ganglia, or in the subcortical areas of the brain, which, where the dopamine-producing neurons tend to decline over time. But we know that these non-motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease, that can oftentimes predate the motor symptoms, tend to be non-dopaminergic. So whether that might be changed in the brainstem or in the cortex. So I suspect that having nightmares um, or developing nightmares in later life might be due to degeneration of the cortex, particularly the frontal cortex. We're starting to now understand what parts of the brain are involved in dreaming and particularly controlling emotion during dreams. And there's been a number of studies which seem to stru- suggest that the the right frontal lobe in particular might have an important role in controlling negative emotions during dreaming, as well as wakefulness. And there's been studies in Parkinson's patients, quite a few, which have shown that dream changes tend to correlate with um, worse performance on frontal lobe tests. And there's one study which actually identified that patients who had um, frequent distressing dreams tended to have more atrophy in the right frontal lobe. So I suspect that distressing dreams are signs of early degeneration of right frontal brain areas in Parkinson's. So this is quite quite speculative, but that's my suspicion. The other option is that distressing dreams could also have a causal relationship with Parkinson's. So we know that people who tend to have frequent nightmares tend to wake up more, and also they may have more difficulty falling asleep. And we know that there's a process called glymphatic clearance, which is a, a process which happens during sleep where the brain clears away toxins and abnormal proteins. So let's say somebody has frequent nightmares and they have more frequent awakenings or they find a difficulty to fall asleep. Their sleep continuity will be decreased and their sleep duration will be decreased. So it's possible that there may even be some causal link between distressing dreams and Parkinson's mediated by disruptive sleep. But I suspect the primary association is the prodrome as I mentioned beforehand.
0: Okay. Um, And given the findings of your study were taken from a cohort that only included um, men, could you explain what these findings might mean for women and whether the new onset of distressing dreams in women could also be a potential warning sign for Parkinson's disease?
1: So that is one of the limitations of the study, is that the generalizability to to women is less applicable. But on, on the one hand male and female brains are fairly similar. So I would suspect that there would also be an association with new onset distressing dreams in females too. Saying that however, I do think that if there is an association, it might be weaker than that found in men. And there's probably two reasons why I think that may be the case. The first one is that we know that distressing dreams tend to increase in prevalence um, from middle age to older age. And we don't really know why, but A few studies now have shown that this seems to be quite a robust finding. And we also know that men tend to develop bad dreams and and nightmares in later life at a faster rate than women do. So assuming that an increase in distressing dreams might be a sign of neurodegeneration, the fact that this happens more in men than in women might imply that this process is something which is happening more often in the male population than the female population. But then... Let's say it's less common in females to develop distressing dreams in later life. But what about if they do? So those people who do develop distressing dreams, are they at high risk? And again, I think probably yes. But if there is an association, I think it might even be weaker. So we know that men are more likely to get Parkinson's disease than women in general. And we also know that in Parkinson's patients, men are more likely to have um, dream content changes. So whether that be more aggression or more negative emotions. And that's actually different to what we see in the general population. Let's say in in men, 90% of bad dreams are lifelong and 10% start in later life. Let's just assume it's the same in women. So 90% of frequent nightmares are lifelong and 10% start in later life. Given that we know that men are more likely to get Parkinson's disease, All things being equal, late onset distressing dreams are more likely to be Parkinson's disease in men than women, given that Parkinson's disease is more common in men. Furthermore, given that dream content changes, so frequent nightmares, are more common in male Parkinson's patients than female Parkinson's patients, we know that of the women with Parkinson's who are diagnosed, a smaller fraction of them have distressing dreams. So when we look at that 10%, the proportion of that 10% who have Parkinson's disease and this specific subtype is likely to be smaller than in the male population. So to conclude, I think there is a link, there will likely be a link, but I think it may well be smaller than in men.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And in your opinion, what do you think the next steps to continue on from this research should be?
1: I'd say the first step would be to replicate these findings in further cohorts. So that would be in cohorts including women, as we mentioned, and also in other age demographics, so in middle-aged people, and perhaps even in a wider range of ethnicities. So that would be the first thing, to replicate the findings. I think the second thing that we'd need to do would be to actually try and find out the underlying mechanisms. So in the podcast, I speculated on potential links between distressing genes and Parkinson's, but it may be worthwhile to do some imaging studies, whether that be using MRI or with EEG, to actually investigate what parts of the brain are causing these changes. And this might shed insight on possible treatments and also a better understanding of the very early stages of Parkinson's.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Ataiku, for sharing your time and knowledge with us. It really is a fascinating topic, and um, we hope to see continuing research in this area. Thank you for listening to this podcast of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation with eClinical Medicine wherever you usually get your podcasts.